Welcome to the Understanding Society podcast series. My name is Chris Garrington and today I'm talking to Professor Eric Kaufman from Birkbeck College, University of London, about his research on white flight and the rise of UKIP. In this case, what we're talking about is uh, residential mobility, in particular with white flight. What this refers to is is when an area gets to be a certain proportion of ethnic minorities, do members of the ethnic majority tend to leave? In other words, given two neighborhoods, uh, one that has a higher proportion of minorities, does that mean an individual who is white is more likely to leave? And I think a lot of the context for this comes from the recent 2011 census results, which were released in early 2013, which showed that in London, for example, uh, about 620,000 fewer white British were recorded in 2011 compared to 2001, whereas about 1.6 million more of ethnic minorities, including East Europeans and other non-white British, were uh, recorded in London. So you had this this pattern of white British leaving and non-white British entering, and that actually turns out to hold in cities up and down England. So tell us what exactly you've been looking into and why when it comes to these questions about people moving to live with those from the same ethnic background. Yeah, I mean, one of the things that I'm interested in is motivation. That is when people, first of all, why they decide to move and secondly, where they decide to move to. So the question of white flight really concerns initially whether people move or stay. And so one argument is when an area reaches a certain proportion of minorities, then white people are more inclined to leave. And so you can actually compare that using in particular longitudinal data that tracks individuals over time, because then we can see whether somebody moved. We can look at the kind of area they moved from and the kind of area they moved to. We can look at their education, income, age, and other characteristics. And we can try and explain why uh, certain individuals move to and from certain areas. So talking of longitudinal data, then you've been using information from Understanding Society. What aspects of this survey are you able to use and and how? Well, what's interesting about Understanding Society is you can match the individuals to their context, that is, the areas in which they live and the characteristics of those areas from the census. Understanding Society also links back to the British Household Panel Survey, which goes all the way back to 1991. So we can really look at a large samples of of movers, which is very important because there are very few surveys that are longitudinal that have a significant sample And we need a large sample because we're focusing on a very small group initially, which is a white British people living in areas that have a high proportion of minorities. And we may be speaking of as few as several hundred wards out of 9,000 in the country. And to be able to do that, then you need a significant sample size over a long period of time. So we've been able to actually look at that group and say, well, if you take a minority individual and a white individual of the same age, education, income, leaving a diverse area, first of all, are are whites more likely to leave? Secondly, uh, do they move to areas that have different characteristics? So it's enabled you to, to drill right down, in other words, hasn't it? Can you talk us through then some of your key findings? There is, doesn't seem to be much white flight going on. So that's sort of the the headline takeaway in a way is that we don't see evidence that whites are leaving diverse areas uh, at much faster rates than minorities when we control for income education 
age, etc., and also the characteristics of the areas from which people originate. However, while there doesn't seem to be any difference in the likelihood of moving from a diverse area if you're white or minority, there is an important difference in terms of where people move to. So once people have made the decision to move, uh, even if they start out in the same area and they have the same education and income and so on, the white British individual will move to an area that is substantially more white than a minority individual. However, uh, and this is a, f a further wrinkle in this, is that whites who support the Conservatives or UKIP or the BNP do not move to areas that are whiter, if you like, than, than whites who support Labour and the Greens. So there seems to be no major difference between white liberals and conservatives in terms of where they move. And that's actually a very important finding because one of the arguments on white flight is that it's the people who dislike diversity the most that tend to leave and the people who like diversity and are tolerant of diversity who remain in, in these areas that are changing and becoming diverse. Uh, we don't find that at all. So the argument that says people who dislike diversity leave because of the diversity, that doesn't seem to be borne out in the results we find. We're going to talk a little bit further about UKIP in a moment, but I, I wonder then, given your expertise in this field and your experience, what, what you make of your findings to date and, and, and what do you think they, they, they tell us? Do they give us a, a sort of a bigger picture? Well, they, they, yes, they do. I mean, there's a couple of things here. I mean, first of all, there is a lot of research out there that shows, and this has come up with the rise of UKIP, which we'll talk about in a minute, that People who live in, if, if we take white British people who live in diverse wards of the country, that is diverse areas, seem to be a, a good deal more tolerant of immigration than whites who live in very homogenous areas that are you know, overwhelmingly white. And one of the responses to that in the academic literature has been to say, well, there's self-selection of people who dislike immigration and diversity leaving those diverse areas. And so what remains behind is essentially a more tolerant population, and that's what explains the findings. Uh, but I think we've shown fairly strongly that that doesn't seem to be the dynamic. So it, it seems to be that there is something about living in diverse neighborhoods that actually does lead to different sets of attitudes to immigration, or somewhat different sets of attitudes, and that this cannot be explained by white flight. So that's one of the findings that we've made. Now, immigration, obviously, and a host of related issues already to be a very central topic in the forthcoming general election. I wonder how might your how your research might feed into those debates and, and what policymakers, politicians might, might take away from it. Yeah, I mean, there are a couple of things that come away from this. I mean, the first is simply this issue of why is it the case, for example, that UKIP gets a lot more support in areas that, that have relatively low rates of immigration? UKIP voters are motivated by the immigration issue. And yet, if you look at places like, you know, the recent by-election in Clacton-on-Sea, Clacton is a, is, is a typical example of a place that has very few immigrants and minorities. And yet, on the doorstep, immigration is a major concern. So part of what this research simply reinforces is that it's not the case that, that essentially contact with immigrants seems to be the driver of these more tolerant attitudes. And that is an interesting finding. Now, does it suggest policies of, of integration are needed in order to perhaps address this, this issue of immigration uh, attitudes? Perhaps. I mean, it may point in that direction, although we have some other findings that are that are also important about the rate of ethnic change being important too. So that's one thing. The other just concerns 
this question of white flight and whether the current immigration policies are leading to to white flight on a large scale. And if you were to just look at the aggregate numbers, you can see in, in cities, in wards, in local authorities, all up and down England and Wales, the, the more the ethnic minority population increased, generally speaking, the, the greater the loss in white British population in that ward or local authority or city. So on the face of it, you might say there's white flight. But I think our research is quite strongly shows that, in fact, that doesn't seem to be what's going on. And so I think that's an important finding. It's just a, a corrective, I suppose, to what might seem obvious on the surface. But if you dig a little deeper and you look longitudinally, you actually don't see people who dislike diversity tending to leave diversity. So I think that's an important finding. So what role does understanding society play in helping us to understand these changes, You know, this rise in support for UKIP? There are very few uh, surveys that are longitudinal, uh, measure the same people over time, that combine data on attitudes and voting with data on demographics and, and economic status. And that's what uh, Understanding Society does. And so there's a big debate out there right now on whether the UKIP vote is coming mainly from the Tories or from former Labour supporters, which which is the argument of, of a quite popular book uh, written by Matthew Goodwin and Rob Ford called Revolt on the Right, uh, that argues that a lot of current UKIP supporters are working class, which is true, and that uh, they, therefore, uh, Labour stands to be damaged a lot by the UKIP surge. If you look back in time in understanding society, if you take current UKIP supporters and you trace them back, it's quite interesting to trace them back even in, and there's a, a portion of understanding society that links up with the British Household Panel Survey. So we can look at present UKIP supporters and trace them their voting history back 20 years and uh, to ask the question, you know, to what extent are they Labour, former Labour or former Tory supporters? And I think the evidence that, that, that I've seen, and of course we're, we're awaiting the next wave which is going to be critical in this, is that it's really the Tories that are being damaged uh, disproportionately by by UKIP. And there's some evidence, too, that uh, people who switched from Labour into to the Tories in the 1990s and early 2000s are disproportionately likely to then make the move to UKIP. So this question of, of which party is going to be damaged in the general election Will the rise of UKIP hand Miliband a victory over over Cameron? I mean, that is that's the kind of question that this survey also allows us to get, and it also allows us to get at the social bases uh, as well um, of UKIP support. So, in that sense, it's it's a very important survey. So, just finally, then, how are you going to be continuing to use understanding society data, if indeed you are, and you know, what are your plans for it? Well, I think I'm going to be um, looking uh, in, in more depth at this question of UKIP support, uh, where it comes from. Uh, there are some interesting questions in understanding society, which I would call uh, social capital questions. How often do you speak to your neighbours? Do you feel uh, comfortable in your area? And so on. And some of the evidence uh, suggests that UKIP supporters uh, tend to be have lower social capital. Um, so that's an area I intend to investigate further. So d definitely a lot more work on this question of UKIP and updating some of our, our findings on white flight with, with data from the next wave, I think is going to be quite important because I expect to see a lot more UKIP supporters in the, in the uh, next wave of the survey. So this is really going to advance uh, the general understanding of, of this phenomenon and, and what's driving it. So I think that's quite important for um, many of the most pressing issues 
in, in the current, uh, well, as we approach the 2015 election. Demystifying White Flight is an article in Insights 2014, a publication highlighting findings from the Economic and Social Research Council's flagship study, Understanding Society. The full publication is available on the Understanding Society website, and you can find out more about Professor Kaufman's work at www.senips.net. This is a Research Podcasts production.